You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the fantastic Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Kate, how are you doing today? I'm good. We're coming off a, a nice football Sunday. Uh, lots of exciting things to talk about. There are so many narratives right now yeah. that, I, like you and I, we were just trying to plan out the show. And it's really hard to narrow things down at this point. It feels like there's so much going on in the league. There's a ton to talk about, and there's so many big performances that we're going to get to in a little bit. But we have to start the show talking about some injuries. Uh, that are going to have some big long-term effects on your dynasty team. And let's start with Odell Beckham, who was uh, who left the game yesterday in the Cleveland-Cincinnati matchup uh, with a knee injury. While we don't have official word yet as to what that injury is, it does appear that it's going to be significant and potentially season-ending. Um, so, Kate, I want to start with this. What is the long-term value uh, for Odell now that he's going to be missing the 2020 season. We know that his fit in this Browns offense has been up and down at times. We've seen some big performances, but for the most part, he's been somewhat of a disappointing. How are we valuing Beckham going forward? I think this is a major hit to his dynasty value, and I have been one of the biggest OBJ fans, OBJ truthers. I was just waiting for the the you know the connection to be there. You know, I I think that the issue is that we keep waiting for this to come to fruition. If you're a guy or girl in redraft or rebuild mode, I think that you should buy OBJ because I don't think he has been a great fit for this offense. I don't think he and Baker have it, I guess. You know, there's there's something to be said for just the connection that a, a wide receiver and a quarterback have. They just don't have it, and I don't know what it is. But no, they don't. They they just don't have this this chemistry. And we even saw, you know, he Baker looks better when he's not force feeding the ball to OBJ, and it's weird because OBJ looks a lot better when anybody else is throwing him the ball. So, you know, it, not every every pairing is a match made in heaven. But the Browns did invest heavily in OBJ, and I have to envision them having a conversation. He's not fitting in the offense. At what point do we do we sell him, uh, you know, and, mm-hmm. and trade him away and and just get some of that value back? If I'm rebuilding, I'm buying OBJ everywhere. If I'm trying to to trade OBJ away, I don't think I'm going to get much. Yeah, it's tricky. So in his last 23 games with the Browns, I mean, I guess in all 23 games, uh, only two games with 100 or more receiving yards. Uh, the number of games with 90 or more receiving yards and a touchdown is just one. Uh, this season, he went over 75 yards just once. So the ceiling just isn't there from, you know, what we saw in New York when he was, you know, there was there was a lot of games where he would go eight for 31 in a score or eight for 43 in two touchdowns. We're just not ceiling, seeing that type of ceiling 
Um, he turns 28 in November, and while that's not old for a receiver, uh, you know, the next time we see him, he'll be really going on his age 29 season, coming off a big injury in a low-volume passing offense. It's just, it's tricky. It's it's hard to value Odell Beckham going forward, but um, do we do we look at him as a high upside wide receiver too? Because even then, that feels a little steep for me, right? I, I think it does, um, and I don't think that's the, the price range you can pay for him because you there are so many unknowns. That, you know, how does he recover from the knee injury? Um, you know, at what point do we see him come back? Do we see him come back to the Browns offense? Do we see him in another offense? There are so many questions right now that I don't think you can invest anything overly significant in OBJ. I would be willing to pay. What's his value right now? A second round pick? Yeah, I, probably. I'm going to give you some wide receivers straight up. I want to see which side you'd rather be on. This is like a little dynasty test. Okay. Uh, Debo Samuel. Oh, man. OBJ. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about Adam Thielen? Thielen has been very productive, but he's you know two years older. I'll go Adam Thielen. Okay, Tyler Boyd. OBJ. Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton. Okay, so you're I mean you're looking at somewhere between wide receiver thirty and thirty five. Uh, I, I mean that and that's how scary it is and. Uh, you're hoping maybe the situation changes. I, I think it would probably be best for both parties involved if they eventually move on. But if he's stuck in this passing offense for the foreseeable future, the ceiling's just not there. Um, Kate, let's talk about the rest of that bronze offense really quickly. Baker Mayfield played really well yesterday. Uh, he threw five touchdowns. Granted, it was the Bengals' defense. Uh, but for the rest of this season, who is the best play in the passing game? Who is the guy that you think is going to to benefit the most from Odell being out? I mean, I think it, it has to be Jarvis Landry. Uh, we saw him, you know, it, it seems like the most obvious choice, but we saw Jarvis Landry and, and Baker sort of hit it off immediately before mm-hmm. OBJ was even conceived of. Um, it, they just had much more of a natural chemistry that I think, um, you know, bolstering that target share it's going to bring him right back he hasn't had the ceiling that he's had in years prior but um you know i I have to envision with an increased target share um you know with just forcing you know maybe um baker to utilize that that him as a receiver more i think you know he might have that ceiling but i will say that richard higgins is a wide receiver that um, much like, uh, you know, a, a, a Brashad Perryman, when he's been asked to step up, he looks pretty good. And then, you know, like... Yeah, he's not bad. The the issue is, you know, whenever whatever uh, various piece comes in back into the offense that he's there replacing, he gets, you know, demoted back to his normal standing mm-hmm. as like a wide receiver four, wide receiver five. But... When he's actually in the game, he's super productive. So, and like he's a guy that's available on plenty of dynasty waivers, and I think he could be a really intriguing, um, you know, if you play DFS, if you play any any sort of like daily fantasy formats, I think he could be really intriguing as a, a high upside play. 
I'm also just keeping an eye on Donovan Peoples-Jones, the the rookie from Michigan, just as a long-term play. I don't think he's going to become super fantasy relevant for this season. Uh, but long-term, that's a guy that I like with some size and speed, some special teams ability. So uh, you know he's pretty athletic. So just keep an eye on Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's the one that caught the game-winning touchdown yesterday, starting to see his role grow a little bit in the offense. Um, let's take a pr- quick break so I can tell you guys about Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. All right, Kate, let's do some stock up and stock down. And we've got to start with Justin Herbert. You know, listen, I think we could do like a whole show on Justin Herbert because of how good he's been this season. My Lord. Uh, Yesterday. Yeah, I mean, yesterday, 27 of 43 for 347 yards and three touchdowns. He also contributed 66 yards in a score on the ground. Um I mean, you can make a case that Justin Herbert's been the best rookie quarterback this year, as good as uh, Joe Burrow has been playing. Fantasy-wise, how, how are we uh, how are we uh, handling Joe Burrow going forward? Or excuse me, Justin Herbert going forward. He's a quarterback one in Dynasty. Absolutely. Um, I think the question is, like, where does he fall? And, and my thoughts are sort of in that se- QB 7 to 10 range. But he's he's shown, you know, a lot of ability uh, both as a, a rusher. We've seen him, you know, his, his athleticism in that way. But right now he is on. If we look at his his sample size here of games, five games, he is on pace for nearly 5000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Oh he goodness. looks like a a grown man beyond his his young years, young years, excuse me. I, he I also think has young years. It's all right. You get he it. does have young years. Yeah. <laughs> you have to watch your language around Justin Herbert. I, I think uh-huh. that he looks, I mean, everything about his, his eyeball test, he passes with flying colors for fantasy purposes. He's been very productive, um, you know, ranks ninth overall uh, among all quarterbacks and fantasy points per drop back. He's willing to throw the ball. He's willing to run it. There's nothing this kid isn't willing to do. I love him. <laughs> Eight touchdowns in one interception in the last three games against, I mean, Jacksonville's defense isn't very good, but against Tampa Bay, New Orleans, uh, and then the Jaguars last last week, uh, fantastic. I agree. I think he's a quarterback one going forward. Um, and, man, part of me wonders, do we even see him if Tyrod Taylor doesn't get the punctured lung by his own medical staff? You know, Anthony Lynn seemed like he was so set on playing Tyrod Taylor over Herbert. It was just one of those freak things that got Herbert on the field. So uh, just an incredible story right now. Um, Something that's not an incredible story is Mike Evans. Um, uh, uh, Yesterday was rough against the Raiders defense that really can't stop anybody. Two receptions for 37 yards. It looked like he was having problems even running. Uh, Kate, tell me what you think about Mike Evans going forward. I am devastated. I, th- I I just tweeted out this morning. He's droppable in redraft leagues, which is Ooh, just it's so bad, inconceivable. But uh, his four games with Chris Carson in the lineup, that's sort of been like the uh, the heavy hitter here. Is Chris Carson mm-hmm. needs to not be there, uh, or not Chris Carson? Jeez, Chris Godwin. Um, without Chris Godwin in the lineup, 
Um, he's been perfectly incredible, uh, productive for fantasy with Chris Godwin. One reception, two yards. Two receptions, two yards. One reception, 10 yards. Two receptions, 37 yards. That I mean, yikes. You can stream from a dynasty waiver wire and get better. So yeah. what do we do? And especially with Antonio Brown coming in the next couple of weeks. And I also think part of the thing that we're not factoring in here enough is I think Rob Gronkowski looks significantly better the last couple of weeks than he did early in the season. Like oh, I yeah, thought he was I have to washed. wonder if maybe, you know, part of him just needed to get back into that, like a rhythm. Yeah, He's, yeah. And I just think... football in a while. Right. I, I just think that with Kronk on the field, I mean, yesterday he stole a red zone target, converted that into a touchdown. If they're not using Evans in the red zone and they're not targeting targeting him down the field as much as he was with like someone like Jameis Winston, and now you're bringing Antonio Brown into the fold, who you know Brady pretty openly you know campaigned for, what's the ceiling here? I mean, I'm hoping that Evans gets healthy and maybe in the second half of the season we'll see him play better. But as of right now. He's unplayable in your dynasty lineups. I don't care how deep your team is. You you cannot put him on your team or in your starting lineup, correct? I don't think so. And, I mean, the, you might have to at this point in the year <laughs> because that that's just sort of where we're at. But I think there's, uh, like I said, you can look at your dynasty waivers. And if you are getting far enough into the matchups and you're, you're doing enough research, guess what? You're, you're probably going to be able to find some streaming options available with a higher ceiling he's always going to be able to do mike evans things like mm-hmm. i don't think that's that's the issue here i think it's just at what point do you say you know maybe this high ceiling isn't worth the the pain and i agree i think we're sort of to that point and i'm i'm like one of the biggest mike evans fans ever i, I oh love he's fantastic i i, I... I'm also hoping that it's partly that hamstring injury. I'm hoping that, you know, he can get healthy and we'll see a different, more dynamic player in the second half of the season. But So are, um, you, are you looking to acquire Mike Evans shares? Because this is going to be the lowest you'll ever um, be able to pay for him. It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I have him in so many other leagues that I'm not looking to move him. But if I have to give away something, uh, I mean, because people are still going to value him as a high-end wide receiver two, if not a low-end wide receiver one. But if I can't use him this year, what's what's the value in that? So I'm probably not going out and trying to make offers for for Mike Evans. So it's gotten it's gotten that bad. How about um, in a rebuild? I probably would be more likely to hold on to picks like if i if i was trading him if i had him on my team and was looking to get like a first round pick and more from him i'm good but i'm not acquiring him if i'm trying to rebuild okay Mm. Uh, all right let's go ahead and move on to uh, a stock up let's talk about chase edmonds and we first have to talk about Kenyon drake uh who left the game with a foot injury uh again as of this recording we do not know the severity of it uh but it does appear that he's going to be out for a while uh, but Chase Edmonds was fantastic yesterday. On 14 touches, he totaled 145 yards. He just looks like a better fit in this Cliff Kingsbury offense than Kenyon Drake. Um, how are we supposed to value Edmonds going forward? I think you have to value him. I mean, we were valuing Kenyon Drake for for a while, um, you know, in the offseason just with his perceived volume. 
and and just knowing that you know we were going to see this Arizona Cardinals offense, high powered offense, we were valuing Kenyon Drake as a RB one. I think mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds has looked considerably better than than Kenyon Drake has. He's looked um, just more versatile, more athletic, has more burst. You have to value him as a uh, an RB one for at least the rest of the season, but. I mean, you have to wonder, does, is this just him carving out this new role for himself? Like, is he going to be, you know, the emergence of of a James Conner who now is uh, productive on, mm-hmm. you know, a perennial basis? I, I like Edmonds. I just think that he's a really good football player. He's in a good offense and uh, he still has one more year left on his his rookie contract, which means, you know, he's going to be around for, you know, this season and next season. I, I don't think you can value him as an RB1 going forward because, you know, Drake is probably going to come back eventually. But a high upside RB2 in Dynasty? Absolutely. Uh, he's just a, a fun player and a perfect fit on that offense. Let's do one more stock down. And, uh, Kate, we need to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. It's It's gotten really bad. And I know a lot of it's not his fault. Once Dak went down, this offense, you know, just absolutely cratered. They went from, you know, the number one scoring offense in the league uh, before the Giants game to scoring just 13 total points over the last two weeks. Um, I'm going to read you Ezekiel Elliott's rushing yardage total this year. Starting off with the Rams, 96 yards, 89 yards against the Falcons, and then poof, it falls off. 34 against Seattle, 54 against Cleveland, 91 against the Giants, 49 against the Cardinals, and then 45 against Washington, averaging four yards per carry. Uh, Not incredibly efficient in the passing game. You know, this is somebody who, going into the season, you could have made a case was the number one, two, three dynasty asset, considering his talent and the scheme. Um, but man, it's gotten bad. What do we do with Zeke going forward? You know, and I think on top of all that, now we have fumbling problems too, which yeah. like he does not, I will say, you know, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because I do think that Dak clearly was the, the engine in this entire machine. And if you needed more proof, like this is your, this is your proof that Dak was the centerpiece of that offense. Yes. Um, doubt. And, you know, wish he got paid, uh, which is somehow a controversial take. Hmm. Uh, But, you know, I I think you have to look at the fact that uh, Ezekiel Elliott is not going to have his his, uh, you know, quarterback for uh, this season. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what what more we can do with Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think you're able to to really move him at this point again. So the, the issue is that, you know, I. If he's in, you know, uh, one of my dynasty leagues, I'm not sure that we can uh, project him necessarily as a, a true RB1. Obviously, he will always have that RB1 upside. He's a capable pass catcher. But does right. he lose his, his crown in the top five of your dynasty rankings? Yes, and, and here's the reason why. Well, let's, look, let's look at his yards per carry starting from a rookie 5.1 4.1 4.7 4.5 4.1 he's just a declining player when you watch him on the field uh the speed and burst is gone he has just four runs of 20 yards or more over the last two seasons uh during his rookie season he had 13 
Wow. I mean, this is a guy that used to break off big runs all the time, and he's just not doing that anymore. Uh, and, you know, this offensive line is declining without a doubt. There's a bunch of injuries there. We'll see which guys they get back by next season. But um, I, I don't think he's a top five dynasty running back anymore. I would rather have guys like uh, Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs and potentially, you know, Aaron Jones, all those guys over Zeke, because I just don't believe in the situation uh, that much more with uh, with Elliott. So I, I don't know. I mean, you're, you probably can't get fair value from him at this point in time, considering, you know, everything that's going on in Dallas. But uh, it would not surprise me if in a year or two, he's no longer with the Cowboys and he's no longer a top 12, 14, you know, dynasty asset. Well, and that brings you to the question, like, you know, evaluate a a situation like Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, something that made him take this this hit in dynasty leagues is the thought of, all right, so what what happens when Ben Roethlisberger isn't the quarterback? We sort of see the same thing. What happens when Dak isn't the quarterback? And we we've seen it's it's not nothing good. Nothing good at all. So it's um, it's a rough time if you are a, uh, a fantasy owner of Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, let's pause so I can tell you guys about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off your first box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Kate, let's do some stash or cash. Uh, Let's start with Scotty Miller, who uh, is the better Buccaneers receiver uh, next to Chris Godwin than Mike (laughs) Evans, which seems weird to say. Uh, Are you stashing or cashing Scotty Miller? I am cashing in so hard. I... I really just don't want any part of this this Bucks offense, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, so the issue is that they are not looking. Um, they're not looking to feed any particular player. They're not. No. They're looking to win a Super Bowl. They are going all in for a Super Bowl. And guess what? They don't care about your fantasy football teams, which is a bummer because like we're. we're They've got a lot of incredible fantasy football assets, but I, I just don't think we can we can rely on any sort of sustainable volume. If there is somebody, you know, we did hear plenty of hype throughout, you know, the mm-hmm. entire offseason about the the rapport with Scotty Miller and Tom Brady. If there's somebody in your league who wants to buy into that and and believes that this could continue even with the the addition of Antonio Brown, sell 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 like what's the lowest yeah, you would you would sell him for <laughs> i was just about to ask you a third round pick if somebody offers you a third round pick you're running with that right yes yeah i i probably would even i'm already out of the building fourth round. yeah fourth round pick is probably where i start to think about it so uh we're thinking you uh, pick outside the top 36 or whatever in your rookie draft so uh not great um, how about Antonio Brown? Stash or cash him? I know a lot of people are excited. Antonio Brown, or excuse me, Tom Brady again, lobbied for him to be there. We saw in their one game in New England, uh, they did you know form a connection pretty quickly. Uh, if you have Antonio Brown in your roster and you've been holding him for this long, uh, are you stashing him still or are you going to just cash him in for whatever you can get? Uh, I'm going to cash in while I can. And that's not to say that I don't think that uh, he could have an interesting tenure in in Tampa Bay. 
he could be very productive. And like you said, we we saw that Tom Brady really wants him here. And God, that's that got to be all that yeah. matters. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. I'm, I'm probably cashing him in um, because, I, again, I don't know the fit. I don't know how the, the target situation is going to work out. I'm not sure he's going to get the same uh, end zone opportunities that he got in Pittsburgh or even in that one game with New England. So if you can give me something that's a little bit more stable and reliable, and that's basically anything besides Antonio Brown, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm in. Uh, one last one, Kate. Let's do some stasher cash with Jamichael Hasty. Poor Jeff Wilson. He was having a breakout game yesterday. Over 120 yards, three touchdowns, almost all of it in the first half. Uh, he goes down with a high ankle sprain. Looks like he's going to be out for the next four to six weeks. With Raheem Mostart on the injured reserve list, as well as Tevin Coleman, it looks like this is Jamichael Hasty's backfield. Are you stashing or cashing the Baylor rookie? Oof. Um, I, oof. This one's hard. Um, I, I have to. I have to cash. And really? Okay. I do. Um, and I think that just goes back to my belief in. Raheem Mostert. I, I think mm-hmm. that he's more than proven himself to be the the running back that they want to utilize heavily in this offense. I buy into that. So by effect, um, you know, I, I'm looking at Jamichael Hasty as more of a, a you know a high upside, um, like a handcuff. And you so know, you're calling him like the same as you would like Mike Davis or somebody like that. Yeah, and I, I think it, it's not to say that he's not good. It's not to say that. Um, he doesn't have high upside because we've seen, you know, before any of these guys can have high upside uh, on a week to week basis. But I, you know, I, I, I do. I think Raheem Mostert is such a good fit in that offense. And I think whoever touches the ball is, is going to do just fine, but I just got to believe that they're going to Mm. continue to involve uh, my man, Raheem Mostert. This is a hold probably for me just because you never know with Kyle Shanahan, right? This offense is such a great system for running backs. If a guy comes in here and plays extremely well, you never know who who's going to stick. Like we never thought Raheem Mostart was anything special before he got to San Francisco. And all of a sudden he's putting up RB1 games every time he's on the field. So you're not going to get fair value for Hasty. So I'm I'm just holding on and for the next few weeks – you know, at the very least, he's an RB two in your lineups. I, I just think this is a guy that you just want to hold on to your hold on in onto your team, and let's see what happens over the next couple weeks. The the schedule gets pretty nice for San Francisco coming up, uh, so maybe some big monster games uh, approaching here for Jermichael Hasty. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.